0: Welcome to this edition of the CubeCast. My name is Chester with Cube, and I'm joined by Charles. Hey, everyone. I'm Charles with Cube, and we also have
1: Weldon on. Hey, everybody. And Chester, I'm so glad you're back and you made it back safely after spending a week on a U.S. naval aircraft carrier in the Pacific and... Got launched,
0: my gracious! <laughs> <That aircraft carried laughs> I up. tell you, this is probably the most epic thing I've ever gotten to do in my entire life. And I have to say, first of all, the Navy was incredibly welcoming to us. Everyone that we worked with in in the Navy was so amazing to take time to share their stories about their their journey in the Navy, the job they did, their work center, show us you know what it was like. Yeah, we spent we spent a week on the Nimitz in the Pacific. We were able to see that entire flight operations from from Fuels, seven decks down, to Pry Fly, which is the, the highest thing above the flight deck. It, it was incredible. It was epic. I
1: mm. think my favorite thing was talking to your photographer, Kenton, and him saying how he— still thinks he's going to get arrested by MPs any moment because of what y'all got away with.
0: I think he's scared to talk about it in public
1: still. (laughs) And for those who have not seen the pictures, my gosh, what Uh, they have done is amazing. Yeah, yeah. To to the point, Cheryl? I
2: think we're going to have to do a podcast episode. I mean, I (laughs) I just don't think there's a choice in the matter because uh, you've got some insights, on leadership, you've got some insights mm-hmm. on storytelling,
0: I think things that will be
2: you know, valuable to, to our audience. So let's do a podcast episode.
0: It, it'll be great. I definitely have some things I can talk about for sure. <laughs> Service, sacrifice. I mean, yeah. there's so
1: much there than yeah. what you told me in the stories. Yeah. But today we have got
2: something really exciting lined up for you.
0: We've got a fantastic guest who's going to be joining us in just a few minutes. If you haven't heard our previous episode two, go back and listen to that. And just a quick recap because some of what we referenced in episode two, we're actually jumping into now with our guest who we'll introduce in just a moment. But we talked about audacious thinking and how. Audacious thinking leads to turning things inside out or upside down. Like this isn't just the way we've always done things. We're not going to continue doing things just because this is the way we've always done them. Sometimes you find that aha moment, that sort of audacious thinking moment by turning the thing inside out or upside down, looking at it a different way. And before you're really looking at being audacious, you got to
1: define what success looks like. What do you want out of that occurrence? As I said in the past episode, getting something sold at a discount is not necessarily success if it's a false limit that you're putting on yourself.
2: Yeah, and then you also have to be willing to not have it go the way that you intended. You know, you have to be willing to learn from the process and be bold enough to kind of overcome that fear that it's not, not gonna work out. And so we also played this little bit of a game where we played some samples of how these ideas can be applied to creative business audio. And those samples were produced by a very good friend of ours, Adam McGale, who is an absolute master of creative audio. Adam heads up air support radio that we've been working with them for years. And I can genuinely say that their tagline is true that air support makes the best damn radio creative on planet earth. And so I am super pumped to welcome our guest today, Adam McGale. Hey, Adam. Hey everybody. Now, from the previous episode, right? People will know that your kind of audacious style of audio creative can be a little bit edgy. And so I think people on the one hand are gonna be intrigued by the possibilities and how powerful it can be. And then on the other hand, what you know might happen if it all goes horribly wrong, right? And, and so Adam does know both sides of this coin. In fact, didn't you once have a campaign that even drew the attention of the premier of one of our provinces here in Canada?
3: Yeah, Saskatchewan all wanted to kill me at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so
2: we're going to delve into, into all of that, but let's roll the following clip and, and start there.
3: Legacy Heating and Cooling is the number one company for families who don't want to see dad in his underwear. Because soon there's going to be a heat wave and dad's going to get really gross. So call Legacy right now before a heat wave forces dad into his speedo. Get your comfort chugging air conditioner from Legacy today and you'll have no payments and no interest for one whole year. Keeping dad from ruining your summer during a heat wave. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy heating and cooling.
2: So Adam, tell us. <laughs> <laughs>
3: tell us the backstory of this clip that we just heard well i've worked for radio stations for quite a while and like i'd always been trying to get some sort of ad on the air like this and like, it's pretty hard to get people to say yes to these type of things even though they're they stand out so well and had like this one just had an immediate effect that just changed how this client business trajectory was working but really like the the whole point to making something creative that's going to stand out is to do something that stands out so you know and a lot of that is just like you guys have been saying turning things on their heads You know, like I always like to say that uh, that's radio ads, like people, people don't hate ads like they would say they they mm. hate bad ads mm. you know, they, they actually sure. get a lot of joy out of a good ad there's just so few of them often that you don't really get that and so people aren't really actively listening trying to hear a radio ad when it goes through right they're not really looking to hear more ads the amount of advertising that people see and hear in a day we all mm. have our own firewalls that go on that block out anything that's really a cliche so you mm. think of anything that people want to are used to hearing that's so easy for people to ignore. And to be mm. honest, most people who write anything write ads that sound like ads. And when you write ads that sound like ads, you end up writing stuff that <laughs> is so easy for the human mind yeah. to just absolutely delete. You know? Yeah. Like, you know, when you're talking about like we have the best service and all that type of stuff that everyone loves to say, yeah, that just disappears. So then all of a sudden when there's some idiot, <laughs> All of a sudden singing in the middle of a regular ad and obviously talking about dad and a speedo, which was such a good visual. Like I always say people are always shocked by it was true that radio and audio is one of the most visual mediums that you can find because you're doing it all in your own head. Like you could all think yeah. of dad and his speedo on that. and You know, it's grotesque and <laughs> but funny at the same time. It reminds me, when I was a kid, I used to listen, to,
1: we, this is archaic, I didn't have a TV at one point in my life when I was a little kid, and I used to listen to this cartoon on a radio that could pick up TV signals. It was this, <laughs> this, this Jap- Japanese animation film thing called Star Blazers, and I had this thing in my head, it was awesome. When I finally actually saw the cartoon, it was such a disappointment. Uh, it, was so it was so much awesome. better
3: inside my head. Yeah, imagine so, how much better dad and the Speedo would be in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> So are you, you purposefully going after creating like a visual image in people's mind through the a lot of the times. It doesn't mean all the time. A lot of times it's just breaking people into paying attention. And mm. that's that's really the main thing that I've found with this style of ad that we've done because we've run these for a couple of years now and it's made a massive difference in the business. But I make new ones every month and they the one thing that is the same is there's always a sung element to it that pops out of nowhere. So it's not like a jingle where it's sung the whole way through or it's maybe just the end. There's always some sort of funny thing and it doesn't always have to be funny. It's just something mm-hmm. entertaining that's in the middle of it that continues on every once in a while. And we try to end up just doing a different genre all the time. Like this one's sort of like a soul thing. And we'll do mm-hmm. something like 80s metal <laughs> and country <laughs> one and like a lot of 80s stuff. People really dig the 80s stuff. And it, what, what, what- what kind of feedback do you get, right, from, from people hearing this? We get lots of different feedback. So these ones, like, firstly, just playing them at the station, I get all the people within the station every time something comes out, getting excited for the new one. We get listeners who are actually requesting them sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like, radio has become a very text-based format where people are, like, this. the stations will have their own text lines, and a lot of the conversations go through having listeners text things like I know one of my stations gets like thousands and thousands of texts every day. And it's, it's awesome whenever new ones come out because people will actually be referencing them in the texts about that ad was really cool. And like, you don't hear about that much. I remember a podcast
1: talking about the real men of genius ad campaign and that got so popular. They started doing stadium tours and going (laughs) to ground to various stadiums and doing some of those bits for Budweiser. And there was a major league baseball player that like ran over to the dudes. Like, dude, c- come here, come here. I've got all of these on my laptop. And the guy's like, no, you don't. He's like, no, I've got them all. <laughs> He's like, no, you don't. And so they've kind of created this interplay. Like the guy was collecting his audio bits of real men of genius on his laptop. Like we collect songs on Napster back in the nineties. And this guy's like, he held up a CD goes, I've got all of them. And it was like this mm-hmm. burger with his major league baseball player to get all the ads.
3: That's it was awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. People will get excited about these things. And really, it is just because they're different. Something if you get people to be excited about hearing your new ad, man, like you're really you're really building a brand. And, you know, a lot of it's just based around fun, too. Like, I wouldn't say that all the ads that I make sound like the big national type ads where you get the the baritone voice guy to do whatever. And like, you don't need to do that. You just need to a lot of it is just about having something actual to say. It's kind of like a a pill that you're making people swallow in a way that there is this entertaining thing around it. And then Mm. there's Mm. this is the message that I want you to remember. I want you to remember the client name. And obviously, if you're doing a good job and the business is doing a good job, you actually have something really interesting to say. So the whole point of a legacy ad is we have this wrapper of this entertaining style of thing that we're doing. But really, the thing that's always meant to be remembered is legacy heating and cooling. And in every single ad, it's that they have no interest and no payments for one year. Like that's the thing we're trying to get people to remember. So there's the entertainment value, and then there's the actual message that's is within it that ends so, up being what matters. Because you can be the, the thing with a funny ad is you can be really entertaining an ad and still have it be a really bad ad. Like you see them all the time. Like whatever you think about going to like Thanksgiving dinner and uh, grandpa or whatever will be talking about it. You see that ad where the guy does this and all that. And oh, that's a great ad and everyone talks about it. And uh, people like me who work in advertising always like to pull out the, who is that for? Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember. It's a bad ad in the end. That's the
1: old EDS, short herding, short-haired cats, Super Bowl yeah. ad. <laughs> Nobody remembers who that was
3: for, but it was an amazing ad. We loved it, but
1: nobody remembers who it was for.
3: So then it was a bad ad in the end. doesn't matter. You're not spending money to entertain people. You are spending money to get people to remember a business in the
2: end. So, Adam, do you do you think the role of audio has evolved
3: in recent years? I'm not sure if it's changed so much. Maybe there's just more ways to use it. Like it's at the evolution of audio. I would think is that there's just so many more places. Like people are doing podcasts like this, where it makes sense to have st- stuff like that. You know, like it's there's so many more people are listening to audio in so many different ways now. Like when you get on mm-hmm. your phone and smart speakers and everything like that. People are consuming so much more there's just so many more places to do it you know like spotify has yeah. advertising on it now like it's just i think it's becoming more and more common and and people are generally not really noticing that that's the case yeah so so
2: would you say that for brands like legacy there's a bit of a, a shift in strategy or a change in strategy that there's a more mindful use of audio complementing other mediums?
3: Well, the way I would describe that, and honestly, like working from the radio side of things, it still can be an uphill battle because the world is so digital right now and people love to see their dashboards and their metrics. And radio specifically has a little bit of a trust element to it, of what you're getting across. And it's hard, like if you're talking about being audacious, Building a brand using radio is audacious these days because people are so addicted Mm -hmm. to having their dashboards and digital advertising. And there's a lot of stuff you could do with digital, and it is extremely important. I, in my own biased opinion, I can't find too many more mediums where you can actually build a feeling about your business and get it across to people in the same way as having 30 seconds to talk about it. Or in the US usually it's 60 Mm -hmm. seconds. That's what I think is an audacious thing specifically with the industry (laughs) that I'm in is actually deciding and go, I would like to say something about myself instead of just buying AdWords and something. Obviously I'm not saying that entirely with digital, there's ways to like make a YouTube ad where you're telling a story and so on as well. But like radio is specifically story, you know, TV ads are specifically story as well. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting thing about
1: story. We, one of the things I was trained at when I worked for IBM is stories sell better than statistics or math or mm-hmm. ROI.
3: Stories I mean, sell. And everything I everything I build is based on storytelling. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's the best way. People, it's it's the one of the biggest parts of being human. You know, is mm-hmm. storytelling. Like that's built within our brains. We're 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 made to uh, consume it.
0: I think that we want the statistics and the, and the facts, and we want all those things really to convince us that the story that we've heard or the story that we tell ourselves inside our head about the thing is actually true. It's justified, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's listen to the uh, to the nicest rap
2: version of, of this clip.
3: Slipping gin and juice, just trying to stay cool. cool. But I'm sweating like a heathen in Sunday Sunday school. school. Cruise to Heritage Mall to enjoy some AC. Then my shorty hears the homies from Legacy. Legacy. I say, listen, yo, where we gonna get the dough to pay Legacy from the radio? She says Legacy Heating's got a deal that's the bomb. With no interest or payments flipping all all year long. long. No money, no problems, that's the life that I choose. Chillaxing with thousands of BTUs. Doing whatever the heck that was. That's how you build a Legacy. (laughs) Legacy Heating and Cooling. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Dude, you sent me back to high school. That's awesome.
3: Yeah. I like to have a real, real line between stupid and fun, (laughs) a big, big stupid element that lets people be included in the fun is, is important to me. Do
0: you remember the first time that somebody, you know, a client let you do kind of what I would consider over the top fun like that?
3: Yeah, I guess. Like, th- that's a funny thing. Like, when you talk about how you can go and find free ads at radio stations from writers, a lot, I would say most of the best stuff that that writers at radio stations, and probably in, across ad agencies as well, the best stuff that you ever write tends to be on the cutting room floor because it's hard to get somebody to approve that. So, mm-hmm. like, there are... Writers are always out there writing some really great stuff, but we need brave clients to be able to go out and actually say, yeah, you know what? I want to do it, which is always the strangest thing I could ever think of is that somebody would spend tens of thousands and sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars on advertising and be too afraid to stand out. But Mm -hmm. it's it's absolutely the most common thing. Good ads are hard to approve. Tell
0: us about that. Tell us about a time, you know, a client comes to you and they want that cliched sort of you know, generic ad and you convinced them to be bold. Oh man,
3: like that's that's all the time and convincing them to be bold is, is the tougher part. Like I can think of one specifically where it maybe even goes a little bit the other way around of a client that was airing cliched ads that weren't really doing anything and they bought into their advertising campaign and they really didn't want to just Quit at that point, which really says something about them as well, because mm-hmm. a lot of them will be like, "Yeah, I'm not seeing something after this amount of time."
0: Let's let's. <laughs> I tried quit. radio and it didn't work. Is a you know common refrain, right? But honestly, I, I work
3: in sales, and the answer I always have to that is, I'm not surprised. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. tell me what happened, and then yeah. talk about it, because like the message makes the biggest difference right. on it. The right. message in the schedule with when what you run it on. So when I people say that, they come back and say, "Yeah, I bought five ads a week." For three (laughs) weeks, nothing happened. Well, of course, nothing happened. Or you ask them about their ad and send me the ad, and you're like, "Oh my god, of course you got nothing out of this." So, like when I say 90% of radio ads suck, that means 90% of radio clients go through it going, "Radio doesn't work." But we all know that every medium can can work and cannot work depending Mm. on how well Mm. you do the creative on it. But this one client decided to go. Okay, we need something else, and they found me and asked me to, based off some of the, I can't remember what client, but based off of some other client that I had worked for, asked me to make ads for them in the end. So I ended up making some of my, you know, these type of ads that you're hearing that are stupid and fun. At the same time, that was Mr. Reuter specifically. And they've been going for years now and they've actually gone so far that at times they have to shut off their digital advertising because oh. they're getting too much out of wow. their radio. And really, that's the big thing. Like radio is the top of your sales funnel where you're having awareness to like hundreds of thousands of people who are getting an idea and they can they remember things about you. They've actually had something like those legacy ads that go in their mind that makes your Mm -hmm. business be top of mind when they're ready to use you. Whereas a lot of digital advertising really is just hand-to-mouth stuff. It's the bottom of the funnel, like where you are. So it's really valuable finding people who are ready to buy right now. But if you shut that off, your business is dead advertising. wise, Mm. right on the spot. So Mr. Reuter, we went out and did some ridiculous stuff for them. Your toilet holds a mystery. An unknown clog has bunged up your bowl. Mr. Reuter can help by, oh, it's a toothbrush.
0: Oh, still good. To solve your plumbing mysteries, get mystery with Mr. Rooter Plumbing. Yeah, that definitely sticks in your head. What (laughs) was the process? Talk talk to me about the process of, you know, they were running ads already, and then you got them to this.
3: Yeah, so they had cliched ads on before, and then they went to me to write something that was a little different. We've actually evolved since this, now that there's a Mr. Rooter character that is just having like whatever adventures during it is always some sort of ridiculous thing like this. So it'll evolve through time. But the thing with this, I liked was trying to get people to remember the name Mr. Rooter and taking it and making mysteries out of it. So we did a whole bunch of different mysteries to get mystery Mr. Rooter. But this one stood out big for people and was talked about quite a bit when it aired because we made, I think, about 15 different versions of it. So. Oh, well. Everything was the same until whatever came out of that toilet. So we had like 15 <laughs> different items that came out of the gotcha. toilet. Gotcha. Right. So right. There's yeah. something cool to having something to listen to where people will hear it the first time, be amused by it. Then the next time you hear it, oh, here's that ad. And it, all of a sudden it's different. Like what? The hell Surprise. No? No. You, it's an extra level of getting people to really it's going per- to be next time? I yeah, do- I'm perking up for the Mr. ad because I'm curious to hear yeah. what's
0: coming out of the toilet. <laughs> the <Mr>. <laughs> <laughs> so to do you just dream it. that up like out of the blue? Like what is your process for approaching that and coming up with that creative?
3: Uh, I wish I had like better advice on creative writing stuff. But for me, like it kind of comes a little naturally that I'd, yeah. I'd, I usually just want to be a pop in. that I'm like, ah! <laughs> I but like if i had advice I, the best advice i could give on creative writing because it is hard and there are lots of times where i'm uh, stuck trying to figure out something for a client and i really want something good the best advice i could give about creative writing is just start writing mm. Write, write your crappy ad first because like everything has to come out of you yeah you, you got to do that and once you start writing your crappy ad the, or whatever you're doing. If you're writing a story, once you start writing your crappy story that you're not really happy about, and you're grumbling about doing it, all of a sudden the idea will come in your head and you'll get, get better. But the process of actually putting fingers to keys and writing something will help you pull something good out. So that's, that's one of my processes if I'm having trouble writing something specifically and it, it pretty much always works, but yeah, you have to fight your own nature on these things too, because even still at the beginning my, I want to write ads that sound like crappy ads. Like that still isn't something that I have to fight back and go, okay. But but a really good way to get around that too, is Mm. to think about whatever the say, whatever industry you're working in, write the cliched ad and then go completely opposite to it. Like throw all of that out the window Mm. and go in the completely different direction on it. That might not be where you land, but it's another good process to finding the, the spaces that aren't being used and positioning clients and, Hmm. ways that yeah. work. obviously the client has to match that when you get back to them, but
0: uh, I read a really good book that addresses that very thing. It was called the war of art and just about how we're our own worst critic. We, you know, we get stuck in those crappy ads, you know, we get stuck in writing that stuff and so just write through it, write it out and yeah. it, it, very same message.
3: I'd say that's probably also one of the reasons why a lot of the ads that you'll get from like junior writers that might be employed at radio stations or really anywhere. Honestly, I've found like a lot of agencies are not excited about making radio ads, so they'll give it to their most junior writers. And I've heard a lot of even like receptionists getting to write ads. Like, I think as receptionists, everyone has creativity. But something that always I've always found, which I did the same thing and everybody has their growing pains going through, when you start write creative writing for radio ads and probably for anything, you do write the ads that you've heard and it takes a while mm. or a good mentor to get you through. Cause it, it makes sense when you're starting it out, you're thinking, yeah. well, I've heard these, mm. this must be mm-hmm. what works. Mm-hmm. So I would like to mm. do things that emulate things that I've heard on air. Cause that means that I'm doing a good job on it. And really it's the worst thing you can do. 90%, yeah. <laughs> it's almost
1: it's almost like what you see on people do on resumes or CVs, I'm motivated, hard worker,
3: who cares? Yeah. All the stuff <laughs> that's just like blah, blah, yeah. blah. We should start working on lie, lies on our CVs here. To- they wrote a book about it. It's called "Catch yeah. Me If You Can." It's it's a true
1: story, Frank Abagnale Jr.,
3: and it's fantastic. Well, yeah, you know the funny thing—he is- did pass the bar, so he was smart.
2: You <laughs> know the funny smart. thing is that the whole story is in dispute now. That it might actually be a to- you know t- totally made up. <laughs> <laughs>
3: ah, it's still, a good story though. Anyway,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lie within
2: a lie.
3: Yeah.
2: So you, you were talking earlier about you know how hard it is to get people to to buy in. So you. You know, can you kind of take us through how you do that part? How do you actually convince people to, to, to sign off
1: on ads like this? And as part of that, as part of that question, like who at, at these companies, I imagine, you know, some of these are small businesses, Some of them these are not small businesses. You know, do you have, does it have to go all the way up to the ownership to go, okay, fine. Or is there <laughs> like who all has to get bought in on
3: this? Is that a pretty involved process for you? Oh my God. Yeah. It's the worst. (laughs) Yeah. That's the hardest part. So what I would say generally is you're, you're not really ever going to sell something to somebody that doesn't want it. You know, like it's, you can try all you want. I find those situations when somebody puts something on the air that they're really not excited about doing, aren't going to work out regardless, especially in a medium like radio where there's some trust and understanding about you don't have that dashboard and all that. So they build their own stories on it. To be honest, the ads that tend to work the best are the ones where the client has a hand in writing them and feels like they have some ownership of it because then they just decide that it's worked as well. So Mm. there's a lot of really bad ads that work because the client wrote it. But honestly, in the end with those things, and I've found this throughout my career, and I try not to fight too hard against it, is that you will be connected to the people who... Ha- are also audacious and want to do things right. like it, you, if you have to do a lot of pushing to get somebody outside of their comfort level to do it it's it's rarely going to happen or, or maybe i'm just a crappy salesperson i don't know yeah. but, No, no uh, I, 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 I like surrounding that. myself with clients who have the same goals on things and want to stand out and those have always been my best clients who are my partners on things because i always find when I go on this, I consider myself to be part of the business. Like I'm yeah. not somebody who's writing something going, go on your way and have fun. Like when I talk about legacy, I talk about we, like that's our business. We're working together on it. They're yeah. equal parts in building this brand together. And it has to be that way. Cause there's also that part, like I just referenced earlier, if I make the most ridiculous ad and make a, a company sound completely fun and that they do all these things. And then somebody's sold and go, yeah, I'm going to call this place and they are not that company. It's still not going to work with it if they fall mm-hmm. down at it. So like what you're talking about does have to exist by the time the, yeah. the customer gets to that business or it's still a fail. So there's multiple levels that that work on that. But yeah, it's, it's always finding the people who want to take that journey with you and are ready. There's Mm. sometimes a lot of even those people take some convincing sometimes. And often that's me telling them that like when I reveal an ad and there's silence on the other end and they look kind of scared, that's kind of the perfect response that I look for on things a lot of times. Because then I say, like, you're scared about this for a reason because you're worried it'll stand out. You know, you're you're worried about maybe the complaints that might come in because they do. People will complain about anything. I don't know if you noticed the Internet or anything like that. (laughs) People love the complaints. If you put your if you put a lot of personality out there, people will complain about your business. You know, there might be 98% of people are absolutely thrilled to death. Like legacy is a really good example of that. Every time I put out an ad for them, like they get a lot of fanfare. People really love it. They'll reach out and say, yeah, I love those ads. But there is the 2% of people who reach out and complain that you said heathen in Sunday school on it. And that's not cool. We got lots of people on the, that, the uh, dad and the Speedo ad that'll reach out and go like, how come you don't talk about how mom would be gross? And like you'll, you'll get these like, it's usually like 60 year old men. Who are going, you know, dad works all day long and he puts food on the table. And you guys are out there, make I'll never shop with you guys. And like, luckily, I have a good partnership with the the guys who run there. They actually just send me all those and are really amused by them. Like, they answer them, <laughs> and they them and everything like that. But I've always said along the way that complaints are a good thing. Like, complaints yeah. are a sign that things are actually doing really well and you're getting a response to it. Like, I people I'd are like hearing th- it. Yeah, like obviously I don't want it to be that there's a hundred percent complaints and nobody's reacting in a positive way, but having a a decent amount of complaints while things are going really well, that's great. And to be honest, you have to be ready for it because it is hard to hear people complain about your business even if things are going well. So I have had really good campaigns die because the client couldn't take having any negative come through as well, which is another thing that you have to be prepared for if you really want to succeed on things is having a little bit of thick skin. (laughs) <laughs> I'm hearing some parallels
1: into the things that we've started identifying as we've done a lot of introspection on our business and who we're trying to go after, who are our good partners, who are, you know, et cetera. And the, it's a one word trust. Yeah. Like mm. if you have trust in your client and we've said no to clients that were significantly sized clients, because we realized there was not going to be a trust there, trust that we had their best interest at heart. If there wasn't trust there. Yeah. We were going to fight constantly, and that was just going to be annoying and not mm-hmm. worth the money. These people have to trust you enough that you have their best interests at heart, and you are the expert. And Absolutely. they have to trust that even if it goes bad, that's okay, too. And that you have to trust that they're going to follow through. Trust is a big deal, and that's part of being bold is you're trusting in your ability. You're trusting in the person you're partnered with, et cetera, just realizing that's something that really kind of comes back to all this, and don't yeah. put your trust in the wrong thing. <laughs>
3: Well, that's a tough thing. It's something you have to set up in advance too. Like radio specifically, if we're talking about starting a radio brand, like it takes months for it to start to work. Like it Mm. takes a while for people to hear it enough that they start to react. So there is a lot of setting up that trust in advance and letting people know like Mm. you are not going to like me very much for a few months here. And you're going to spend tens of thousands of dollars to see not very much happen. Mm. That's a really hard thing to get businesses through is, you know, like, you have to be ready to do that. So I've turned down clients who were going, no, I'd like to test it for a month. And you go like, no, you're just going to throw money out the window. And I don't want that for you either. So it's always important to be matched with the right people. And going back to the back half of your question there too, what you have to do to get things through, like a lot of times it is the one person who owns the company who's like, yeah, let's go on it. The worst thing ever is approval by committee. And that goes for any decision whatsoever. Your idea will always be boiled down to a a crappier version of it if you ask more and more people Mm -hmm. and a lot of people do that though where they'll take it around the whole office and ask questions and like what do you think about this and here's the thing about asking anybody a question about something they will choose to have a response about it especially if it's your employees they're gonna want to look like they're really smart and go you know what i think maybe this and then things just get complicated and and weird so really i i don't mind the idea of asking for people's opinions but there needs to be one person who makes the decision and you should trust your experts. Yeah.
1: So that's probably one of the things you ask up front is who's the decision maker. And is this
3: done by a committee?
1: Cause if it's a committee, you're going to have a hard time steering through it, aren't you?
3: Yeah. I usually don't jump off to that right off the top, but it probably wouldn't be a terrible thing to do. But when it comes to <laughs> committee, I'm always there to go, Hey, <laughs> you know, when you think it's a committee it's, you know, it's always going to be a worse version of itself. If you get yeah. too many people. Is there yeah. a significant price
1: difference in cliche versus non-cliche or are the people who just write really bad cliche ads charging the same amount as people who write really good ads and it's just the luck of the guy who finds you or how what's what's the market of that even
3: well it's all coming to the the person that you're talking to you know and it's it's always going to be people who connect again like there's lots of people who are not going to connect with me whatsoever in my style of doing things and that doesn't mean that they're going to be doing something bad because they're not using me there's lots of people who do different styles of things that will work out fine there's lots of people like there's lots of people who are more analytical than i might be i'm more of a big idea person versus big data i think both are valuable and should be used together but uh, i definitely stray more over to the big idea thing so mm. i'm going to attract those type of people who are the same as well But my, I I would say that there are, it's across, it's all across the board. You, there are lots of like 21 year old year one creative people working for a radio station who will write you the best damn ad that you've ever heard. And there are lots of people who have been working for 30 years and charging you tens of thousands of dollars for an ad in an agency who are going to give you the biggest flaming pile of turd that you're ever going to hear. The dunce. It's, it, it, I don't think it comes down to, to dollars, because to be honest, yeah. usually when I see ads come in, radio ads specifically coming in from agency, I'm, I'm shaking my head a lot about like, why are they paying so much money for this bad ad? You know, like it's, Yeah. look oh at gosh. any car ad, like I see that on the TV all the time. Yeah. They make the same ad over and over again. Here's a car driving through probably yeah. Montreal or over a bridge in Vancouver, and we're going to say a bunch of cliches about this, that and the other thing. And you're not going to even remember what brand it was for. Like, it drives me crazy. They don't do not do anything to try to make sure that it's remembered. But a lot of yeah. them are doing it because they want to win awards, too. So there's a lot yeah. of awards being given out for bad ads. But a lot of times, it's a measurement of success for, for agencies and for the businesses <laughs> who are buying the ads. It's funny you bring up the car thing. And in, in
1: older riders versus young riders, I was literally doing a test drive of a truck and had this probably mid-late 50s guy on the you know sales, car salesman. And at one point he goes, Do you like this truck? And I said, Yeah. He was like, Well, it likes you. <laughs> I literally hit, stopped the truck in the middle of the road and looked at it and said, Bob, you're better than that. <laughs> I said, Or maybe you're not. And I just drove yeah. back to the dealership, got out and got my, my vehicle and left. <laughs> I'm like, I, I can't. I just can't.
3: Oh, yeah. It could be so bad. Honestly, like, the only car ad I can think of off the top of my head is probably 15 plus years old that I really left it knowing what the car was for and that I could remember it. I always remember it was when Toyota released the Yaris or Yaris, however you want to call it. I remember their ad line was they had weird old uncle Yaris. And I, I want to remember it as like some like older guy with a lot of hair and the car was just doing weird stuff that they were always talking about uncle Yaris. And it was really easy to remember Yaris through it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, Like it might not have been the most amazing thing in the world, but I remembered the name. <laughs> in the Mm. end and like that's that really is job number one
2: it's funny, we were joking as we were preparing for this. On the previous episode, we played this game and Weldon just made up this, you know, thank you for calling Bob's drywalling. And we went, yeah, you could just substitute the word plumbing in there, <laughs> right? Totally, Yes. So many times, and yeah. Best, so many, best greatest yeah.
0: service, whatever. We've been yeah, in this we'll- community
1: for 22 years <laughs> and we're grateful for your service. Oh my God.
3: Yeah, we all know them. And it is something that I say all the time it's on my website, it's everywhere, that if you can cross your business's name out of a script and put your competitors in, it's not a good enough ad. Yeah, yeah.
2: Play us another one of those uh, Mr. Router variants, uh,
3: Chester. Your toilet holds a mystery. An unknown clog has bunged up your bowl. Mr. Router can help by, oh, yep, it was an old doll's head. (laughs) Creepy. To solve your plumbing (laughs) mysteries, get mystery with Mr.
0: Router Plumbing. I immediately see the standard creepy doll head, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like
3: think the only one that didn't go to air is we had one with Colombian cocaine, but, but that one didn't
0: make it. That, <laughs> it that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about this next client, Oodle Noodle, and we'll play their jingle in a minute. Yeah, Oodle Noodle would have been one of the first
3: clients that allowed me to do do things the way I do was Oodle Noodle. There are a chain of restaurants here in Edmonton, Alberta, and they are just the funnest guys in the world. And they are just willing to take any idea and give it a try. And they just want it to be as ridiculous as possible. Whenever I, they ask for a new ad, they're always like, just make it even more ridiculous. They just (laughs) just want to push it. Absolutely ridiculous levels. Actually, I find that a lot with some of my clients is that they get used to my stuff and then they, It's harder Mm -hmm. and harder to get an ad approved because they just want it to just escalate more. (laughs) It's not over the
0: top (laughs) enough. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
3: So these guys, like, I think you're going to, if you play the 50s jingle one first, that was like, this one's got to be 15 plus years old now. And it was one of the first times I made one of these, uh, I call them bad jingles because they're not the polished type of, personally, I think the polished, polished jingles are usually just really cheesy and crappy. Whereas these ones are meant to sound like they're a big, Crappy thing, but they're fun, you know. People can tell when it's fun, it's almost satire in the end, you know. And so we did it in the old jingle style, which is fun to hear come off the air. And really, people aren't used to hearing that now, so it is something that pops out, but it can get stuck in your head. You know, in the end, jingles really do work. People we talk, we've been talking a lot about how the brain works and with storytelling and and Mm -hmm. firewalls and all that another thing is like we do remember things musically really easily but you have to watch out what type of jingles you use in the end because you are attaching your brand to it and a lot of the ones in my personal opinion that are the regular jingles usually car dealerships have them Mm -hmm. are cheesy as hell and then your brand is cheesy and sure people are remembering it but uh, you end up being cheesy and you spend five to ten thousand dollars on buying one of these jingles and you spend that money so you want to use it forever and you really should use it if Mm. you're going to spend the money on it. But I like these ones because I can do it for people for cheaper and they
0: stick out and they're fun. And then you're not tied to it forever as well. Let's have a listen to Oodle Noodle. This is their 50s jingle.
3: When it's getting late and you think
0: you'd like some food, we deliver really late. At Oodle Noodle. Friday night, Saturday night, until 3 a.m.
3: We deliver really late.
0: We deliver really late.
3: Maybe it's the service. Maybe it's the price.
0: Maybe it's the way we comb our hair
3: so when you're hungry late, you'll know what to do. Get some noodle, Noodle, eat some Moodle noodle, Noodle till 3
0: a.m. Call
3: to 78
0: 77 I love the slightly crackly staticky sound oh. that just yeah. you, bakes in that 50s feel. Uh, yeah, he wanted a, that in there. It was a client request to have the uh, applause
3: at the end, which <laughs> Is maybe the most ridiculous thing in there. (laughs) (laughs) There's some more storytelling in it that whatever we just listened to was live.
0: Right. (laughs) Like like how stupid. So this really (laughs) is a case of you finding someone compatible with the way that you think anyway, or maybe you're compatible with the way that they think in terms of creative.
3: For sure. And like this last one here that I made, like another guy who's who's on it, a buddy of mine, like he's kind of a lot of times like a litmus test for each other on these when we make them it's almost like when we make one that's really good we should look at each other and go we're such idiots (laughs) (laughs) like that's the response a slap on the knee oh my god we're such (laughs) massive idiots look what people are letting us put on the radio and that's the (laughs) yeah that's the the answer there like i've had it a couple times where i have them on the same stations and like two or three of mine that are like, this will go back to back to back. And I'll be like, listen to that (laughs) stretch (laughs) rate.
1: But it's powerful, man. When you start talking about people getting in some people's minds and the things that are in their heads over and over. I mean, I hear my kids sing Disney songs over and over. We have a really great partner down in South America named Sanito and Miguel De Narvez is awesome. He writes jingles for politicians. And he has literally gotten like eight of the last nine presidents elected in Colombia because it gets in people's heads and he's great at it. Has nothing. I'm sure these guys have great policies and whatever
3: else, whatever, but
1: <laughs> it doesn't matter. But they remember the jingle, right? Yeah. I can <laughs> so see that it's, working
3: because what's going to happen is they are going to arrive at the, the ballots. And then all of a sudden they're going to see the name and like, oh yeah, and that jingle be in there, like, oh I'll check mark that. That's what matters. That's the <laughs> yeah. policies that I want. I had a good feeling about that one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That would a, have applause at the end.
3: Yes. <laughs> so I, I do. Oh, I must, do Those have guys a, really like them. Hmm.
2: I do have a question, Adam, because you basically said you have to find people that like resonate with with your approach. And if it's going to not resonate and it's going to go through committee, and it's going to be a fight, it's not. No, not even worth trying that. So, is there like a midway case where you kind of detect there's a little bit of a flame, or and you know, you can fan it and cultivate it to grow into an acceptance of this approach?
3: Oh yeah. yeah, I think generally most people want to have fun and and do something that stands out, but it's it's very scary to do, and I appreciate that, especially when it's, <laughs> especially when it is your your baby, right? It's yeah. your business that you've built from the ground up. And now all of a sudden there's this weird bearded guy across the table who wants to do this absolutely off the wall thing. That's going to change <laughs> what people think about it for good. I, I totally appreciate that. That's a difficult thing to, to go for. That's always my argument there is like, yeah. if this is, if this is sticking with you this much, you already know that it's something that's going to be sticking with other people as well. So it's really, and I'll always appreciate that, that decision. I'm, I'm never somebody that I'm, I'm a I'm a salesperson and a creative person. Like I'm mm. left brain and right brain. But mm. I will I will never try to push something that somebody does not quite feel comfortable with. I will explain mm. like if somebody's writing something for you, they damn well better be able to explain the the cogs of why this is they believe this is going to work for you. Like the reasons why a script was written in a certain way, why this line is here, why we end it this way why this element is you know it you should be able to sell people that way by saying like look i've put a lot of thought on this i have experience this is why this is going to work and then ultimately it's Mm. their decision whether they want their business to sound that way which is absolutely fair but i like to put it in a position where it I, i like to leave them in a spot where they go yeah this guy i trust this guy i believe what he's saying but you do have to want your business to sound the way I'm asking it. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah. So, so how like, much uh, of that are you writing to the company, writing for the company versus writing to their customer or for their customer? It's a
3: hundred percent for the customer. Like that's the person, that's the, that's the person who matters. The And that's where a lot of ads will get lost is that they talk too much about the company. Like the, the ads should make the listener the hero of the story. You know, that's, That's who matters in it. Like people like hearing about themselves, you know, that's why like when I'm writing a script, I write a lot of you and yours into it and, and never any like, Hey, all of you guys, like nothing really makes me more mad when I hear ads come on. Oh God, we get this all the time. I don't know what the the balance of where your podcast will be listened to, but I could always tell when some, some Ad exec or writer from the states is writing an ad for Canada because they think of Canada as just like there's like 10 people here or something. <laughs> Every ad you get that comes out of states goes, Hey Canada, did you know blah blah blah? Like, are you really addressing the entire nation in your radio ad? Like, no, address one person. Talk to one person when you're talking yeah. to them, you know. <laughs> that that always that there's so many. I've heard them go back to back to back on the, hey Canada, hey Edmonton, like oh. So, do you think that there
2: are certain like verticals or types of products where this approach works easier with, or is it pretty pretty uniform for you across the board?
3: Yes and no. There's ones that are easier to sell to that just like you you can imagine that different industries have similar type of people who are within them. Mm And mm. some don't like, if you're talking, I, I'm loath to like, act like <laughs> all accountants are boring or something. It's not the case, but there are a lot more people who would be more reserved as well. Uh. The thing that I find within that, that I get excited about, if I can talk to industries that generally don't like to have any fun is that they're the ones that's going to work for the best. Cause that's as right. far off as what they're yeah. normally be. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's in, it, it's important to to try and veer away from everybody else but people do get that that idea that they should sound like everybody else in their category which is absolutely insane no position yourself be different they do the same thing honestly you see that with different verticals Uh, who will only buy in certain ways we're like no like like dentists will buy mailers that go out to people's houses and that's all dentists generally will do and like car dealers really like radio and then there's ones that'll only buy billboards and it's funny because then they all end up in one place and i'll often get ones that'll you'll get two things that happen on it's really weird we're they'll come in and say, well, I have to be on your station because all my competitors are on there. So I better talk to them as well. And then when there's not many of them and you're in an industry that doesn't advertise on it and they go on they find out, oh, one other lawyer is on your radio station. Well, I can't be on there for somebody else. It'll work. Again. So you want
1: him to have all of the customers
3: yeah. noted. <laughs> <laughs> so what I always tell people on that is like, it doesn't, matter what anybody else is who's on there you're like all that matters is your message and you positioning yeah. or like us positioning you in a way that you're talking to the people that you want to bring in i don't care what anybody else in your yeah. industry is doing but definitely harder to sell to industries that aren't used to standing out but i always feel like they're the ones that have the most to gain by it as well totally yeah i'm a pattern matching mind to start seeing. all right Talk to the group,
1: talk to the individual, cliche, not cliche, stand out, not stand out. It's like there's this pattern that filters down and you've got the perfect fit. And if you just got to identify what those people are going to do, then you know you've got something to work with. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. So, I mean, you've explicitly
2: kind of mentioned this technique, right, of of developing the cliche and then essentially turning it upside down right doing the exact opposite of that so uh, are there any like other techniques or books or anything that you've come across that you know c-
3: can help in that process i can suggest a really great book that will work for radio it'll work for pretty much anything if you if you own a business and you want to be branding one of the best that i've ever r- read is called building a story brand by donald miller mm-hmm. and it is really it goes really deep into how stories sell and get, it gets really methodical on how to specifically do it. Like a big part of it is something that I just mentioned recently here is that the the, the customer is the hero in the story and you should base it around that. And mm. the business itself is like the Yoda. It, they're the guide on it. And mm. they, they actually do have a, he writes a, I believe it's like a seven step way of doing things and uh, I've only I only read this book in the last year or so, and I've been doing this for 20 years or so. And there's a lot of good stuff to remember it, and a lot of really good points on it. But it was also one that made me feel good because, like, I do that. I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, it's something that
0: this is why I, these are working. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, like
3: whenever. But it, it kind of it was a good one to keep me on track too. But like, there is so much value in that book, and yeah. that I
0: couldn't tell us the name it. again. It's called Building a Story Brand. Building a Story yeah. Brand. We'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah. yeah, it's it's fantastic, and it's not even a really long read either, so <laughs> which is good for right. dumb sales guys. That's perfect. <laughs> so, as
1: as the dumb sales guy, I f- I frequently have things go horribly wrong. I would love to know of a sometime we and we kind of teased us earlier about the Saskatchewan premiere
3: getting a little upset. Tell us the story. So, uh, the Canadian Football League has lots of rivalries within it. We have a team that was called the Edmonton Eskimos; they're called the Edmonton Elks now. Back then, I wrote some ads for them, and it was just trash-talking. Like, just I'm a fan of everything, so I, I know a lot about it, so we would just always write something about the city or the team. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders are like religion to people in the whole province of Saskatchewan. That's year-long, that's all they think about. But it's also tragic and funny for people that cheer for other teams that they just never win. It, it never happens. <laughs> They've won like four breakups in 100 years but they are absolutely the most passionate fans in cfl so i think it took like seven weeks or so before the uh, trash talking saskatchewan ads came on and when those ones went on they went nuts and became a news story across the country of specifically a few words that i used within it (laughs) that really took them crazy into being like chalkboard material and everything for the teams that went that deep lots of sports writers writing about it lots of lots of radio stations calling on us like actually the stations that i work for were based out of saskatchewan and they have a news station there that covers the writers. and they ended up calling our station in edmonton going have you guys heard this ad like <laughs> where, do you know where it came from who made it like we need to we want to try and talk to people who made it and they were like idiots we made it <laughs> like, you <laughs> your own company
0: made it tell that <laughs> well, let's have a listen the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have fantastic fans even if they are
3: horrible human beings they're all coming to commonwealth this friday taste their delicious tears support your eskimos tickets at the gate or at ticketmaster starting at 3250 yeah, horrible awesome. human beings didn't go over very well. <laughs> you, can, you can Google that horrible human beings and Eskimos and find a lot of articles written about it. People... <laughs> but
0: also, also taste their taste their terrible tears. Is that what you said? They're delicious. They're tears. delicious tears, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, so it's such a great <gasps> line.
2: that's such a great line.
0: <laughs> yeah, no,
3: that's, so that worked really well. There's lots of people that hated us on that. And like, if you go through the news articles, there's lots that'll have people interviewing about how, yeah, no, it's just terrible advertising. How dare the, the, Elks, the Eskimos do this type of thing? And I did find a bunch <laughs> that I appreciated from other agencies in town that were like, this is a perfect ad like there's news stories being written about it what are you talking about <laughs> like the game like commonwealth stadium has sixty thousand seats in it and it was the biggest uh it was the biggest crowd of the year like i think it was close to selling out wow. for that game this just became a fever pitch for everybody i know like the guy who voiced the ad there with me his buddy of mine and I remember when it became such a big deal we were talking about like we should start printing horrible human beings T-shirts and go to exactly. the <laughs> and and <laughs> well, then just sell them to all the Saskatchewan fans. And be like, "Yeah, this is ridiculous." And then at the end, like, rip it off and be like, "We made that ad. We're, we're,
2: we are I mean, again. that's. That's the thing, right, is is you had like a small amount of airtime really at the end of the day with this ad. But this was what back in 2014 and people made T-shirts, horrible human beings took off as a hashtag. I mean, the Google articles are still there. It's created this whole digital legacy, like this footprint attached to the brand. And so, you know, arguably that's a good thing, right? How long did that take you to write that?
3: 15 seconds, <laughs> <laughs> even better. I'm so wondering. Uh... Sometimes it's just the passions there, and I know what I want to say, and all that. And like, uh, maybe I got lucky with the horrible human beings. <laughs> like, not, you're always going to find some lightning in a bottle. Yeah. So, I remember being really nervous about the game coming up because it was an important game, and all of a sudden, like, there was the teams were talking about it and like how oh, that they'd say that about us. And, you know, like, <laughs> I was like, oh God, I hope my team doesn't lose based off of something <laughs> that I wrote in the radio. Like, we, we shut them out. So it was fine in the nice. end. Nice. Yeah. So at the
2: time, did it feel like damage control had to be done or was just Yeah, actually, the, that's yeah.
3: that's a bad story on here in the end, because the after that, we didn't do that anymore. The the Eskimos chickened out and didn't really. Want to do anything yeah. so like i was i was not pumped about that that we ended up because then we ended up doing meh style ads afterwards and it was mm. like this wasn't through my company Airsport this was working for a radio station so yeah. i didn't have yeah. as much pull on on that but mm. they did appreciate it so they didn't go in and say hey we you guys are jerks and it is all bad or anything yeah. like they did appreciate that it had worked well but they got a, they got gun shy off of it and stopped yeah. doing that style yeah. Afterwards. Yeah, who would want sellouts all the time? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I, I would keep going, but that's the thing: it's the appetite for being able yeah. to handle having thick skin and continuing with things. Like
2: that. I guess the lesson is right: you can make lemonade out of it, and I mean, even if that means they're gun shy afterwards. That's you know, as mm-hmm. long as there's a way to make lemonade out
3: of it, right? <laughs> well, totally. Well, I'd say like this is we're using this as the example of something that went wrong, but I'd say this is one of the ones that went the most right of anything i've had like Hmm. a a little 15 second local radio ad bursting up so much that it becomes national news and gets people (laughs) passionate and caring about cfl football and going to the games like why are we putting things on the air this is yeah this is the result we want yeah that's that's an awesome story is there a production that's the most
2: memorable to you? Like, you know, one of your favorites, like your most favorite one, maybe, that you that you want us to play?
3: I don't, I, there's so many that I like. I don't know if there's one off the top of my head that's like, this is my, this is my Mr. Holland's opus. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> but there is one from recently that, that is just maybe the most ridiculous one that I've ever done. And so like, for that reason, I think that's worth playing. It's another Oodle Noodle one. And it is maybe the stupidest thing that's ever aired on a radio station in, ever. Here we go. Noodle, 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 noodle,
1: noodle, 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 noodle,
3: noodle, 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 noodle no no nood, noodle. nood. nood, 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 nood Trollolo down to oodle noodle tonight because dine-in is open. And
2: <laughs> people were calling in to request that, right? To yeah,
3: <laughs> there was a lot of requests for that one to play. Like that's just based off of that. I don't know if you remember the viral video of the old troll- guy.
1: Yeah, uh, so
3: it was yeah. just one of that. Thing. That got stuck in people's heads so much. Like you'd. People people talk about that a lot. (laughs) It did result in a big boost in sales for the restaurant and all that. And I don't know, just there. When you talk about clients that have bravery on putting things on. Like, there's some more applause that can go to Oodle Noodle on it. <laughs> <laughs> things like that, you
1: know. It almost sounds like you need to go to a sales model where, like, I'll write this ad for free. I just get a percentage of any increase. Yes.
2: <laughs> <can do> that. <laughs> Adam, we really, really appreciate you joining us today and, and, you know, for sharing this wisdom that you've developed over all these these years i mean i think there's a lot of of gold in there and so i actually want to invite our audience if they have any follow-up questions you know any any of this they want us to delve into to more please submit it to us you can find our particulars on our cubemc.com website and uh, i mean i just i think it's awesome I, i there's so much so much to learn here so many ideas so many creative approaches that i think we should all be taking in our in our you know audio right
1: adam and i'll say it this way from the sales side and and just from a listener you're making the world a better place thank you oh, thanks man <laughs> yeah. no, it's just be
3: fun that's it be fun and have purpose that's it awesome thanks for joining us sir yeah thanks guys it was fun thanks, thanks adam. So much, adam you know that guy the irritating saskatchewan rough riders fan sorry that's redundant. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan. He's loud, obnoxious, and somehow manages to brag about his team winning a dominant four championships in just over a century. That guy, well, he's going to the Eskimo game today. And you should go too, to watch his entire world crumble around him. Support your Eskimo. Tickets at the gate are at Ticketmaster starting at thirty-two fifty. <laughs>
1: That's, That's so awesome. great. <laughs> That is so great.